this is Toothy Toad. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And Dr. Kyo Dumpert. We have a guest. Uh, you know, I'm going to say honored just because she's such a <laughs> nice person. But I'm not going to lie to you. She's been giving me crap this entire time. Uh, you know, most people know that, you know, if you've come on the podcast, you realize that I'm not a audio visual person at all. You know, I learn every single time I do this podcast. Uh, and I, and I'm getting flack for it right now as we speak. <laughs> so, so uh, anyway, I, I don't know if we can say you can le- you learn from it every time because it seems to be the same issue every time. It's not, it's I, I could say <laughs> we get ex- more experience with it every time. You know, Kai, you're about to get kicked off this podcast. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make it official that you were my co-host, you know, officially. But you know what? After that comment. Getting demoted. You're getting demoted again. You're back to guest <laughs> co-host. <laughs> but uh, uh, Miss Jill, what is going on? Not much. What's going on with you? I'm not chilling. So you know, I, I gotta, I gotta say this. Um, your husband's name. Yes. <laughs> is Jack, and her name is yes. Jill. So we got Jack and Jill. You know, uh, the first time. It I found, sure is. The first time I found out, I, I actually thought she was kidding. I was like, "Are you being for real?" And she was like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> so then I, you know, I went back home and I was like, maybe I should change my name to Hansel and uh, my wife could be great. And uh, <laughs> we could have a, a common, you know, nursery rhyme name. So, yeah, that know. would, yeah. We, so whenever he told me his name was Jack when we first met, I was like, I don't think we can do this. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to call you something else. And he won't let me. He says, my name is Jack. You're going to call me Jack. That's right. I'm like, oh, crap. Right. <laughs> you can change your name. Yeah. Yeah, I could. But I don't want to. <laughs> so you're hard-headed, too. Uh, but, you know, I, it was funny. Uh, Jill and I were sitting around talking one day. We were just talking about just the future of dentistry. We were talking about, like, you know, what it used to be like, what dentistry used to be like, and, and how now we're switching to a position where, a lot of dentists and hygienists are looking for other avenues to kind of get out of dentistry. You know what I mean, Kyle? Like you and I, yep. we've talked about this before. We're like, oh, what else would we would we do? And uh, when are we trying to retire? Right. Right. And a lot of us like never really thought about that. You know, I remember my dentist, I think, had worked for like 20, 30, 40 years, you know, before mm-hmm. he retired. Yeah. But we're trying to work for like five years and we're like, I'm, I'm done with this. This is this is time, yeah. you know. So Jill was telling me some stories and just kind of even about a Facebook group and everything. So she'll she'll get into all that, you know, but. I guess, you know, to start off everything, I always like to try to be a little lighthearted. So I thought to myself, like, what would I do outside of dentistry? Okay. And and it was hard, but I came up with something. So the, okay. so the Indian culture, they're big on, like, like uh, marriages and, 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 you know, weddings and stuff. It's huge. Have you ever been to, has anybody been to, like, an Indian wedding? No, not actually been to one. But you've seen it, right? Yeah, it's like a four day event. It, I mean, it's right. a lot of money, right? They spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, and then I found out actually that there is a person called an Indian matchmaker that hooks people up. So okay. that's actually what I'm going to do. So I watched a special on uh, Netflix about Indian matchmaking. Okay, and, all right. And this is what I'm going to do, Kyle. If Perio does not work, I'm going to be an Indian matchmaker. Okay, all right. That's. See, you, uh, see, this is a. You're not being supportive. I don't even know what to say to that, but you're not being supportive, okay? And I need you guys to be more supportive for my decisions. Whatever makes you happy, I, I guess. Uh, wish you all the best. I don't know. Would Would they uh, look for an Indian woman to do the matchmaking? You know what? Now you're because it being seems racist. like you're being racist now. Okay. No. Okay. See, that's a, that's the problem with you. You're looking at it all wrong. Okay. Yes. Yes. The lady. The, the, yes. They're mostly Indian women. Yes. That's true. Right. But that's mm-hmm. not the point. I need to break in somehow. Okay. The, the whole world's going to equality, right? Thank so you, Kyle. you have you have just as much right to be an Indian matchmaker as uh, anybody else in the world. Who who knows correct cultures? But that's not the point. I can learn. You can learn absolutely, can learn. and that's the whole point of this. So you know, we'll see. If Perio doesn't work out, I know for sure I have a another path. Um, unlike unlike you, Kyle. I have another path. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. That's good. My my path is living in a van and uh, traveling the world looking for surf. 
That's a shame. That is, that, 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 that's, you sound like a bum, actually. <laughs> that's that's sounds, my goal. That's my life goal. <laughs> you sound like you would follow fish around in, in, uh, on tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I you know that. You already done that. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Kyle's already done that. But anyway, Jill, uh, the reason why I say all that is because you know we were talking and you were saying how you are actually thinking about another path. You know, just because of, of of what's happening in hygiene with COVID, and just in general, your overall health. So let's start from the beginning. Let's introduce who you are. So, Jill, go ahead, introduce yourself, and then we'll go from there. Okay, my name is Jill Kennedy, and um, I've been a hygienist for five years. I was an assistant for seven years prior to that, and uh, I'm just. Looking for something else, I guess. I don't know what else you want to know about me. <laughs> no, let's, you know, let's talk about, so why, what are you noticing in, in hygiene that makes you say, you know what, I'm not the only one? Because we talked about this, right? You were like, I'm not the only one that might be thinking of going another path, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there've, there've been a couple of groups on Facebook that are kind of, um, I would say instrumental to my understanding of how other people are looking for other things to do. One of them is called trapped in an op OP. And basically they're saying I'm trapped in an operatory and I want to get out, but I don't know how. And that's what the whole group is about. There's like 17,000 members. And I just searched today and they have, um, I want to say nine mentions of the phrase out of the op just this month. And it's everybody asking either, like, does anybody know how I can get out of the op within a certain amount of time? Do you know what I could do with an associate's? What could I do with a bachelor's? There's other people who say, here's a lead for an online job that does, you know, um, reviewing dental claims, uh, dental insurance claims, things like that. And so they try to kind of parlay their experience in dentistry into something that they don't have to work in someone else's mouth. Are you currently working as a hygienist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full time. Okay. D- does your employer know about these feelings? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the thing is, I don't have any issues with my employer. I have in the past, not with this employer, but with many of the other dentists I've worked for because they were crazy. But the one I worked for is a good crazy. And so she's 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 really mindful of how we're all doing, how supported we feel. She's one of the best, I think, that I've ever worked for. So so break that down for us. Explain to us. I mean, I, I know why I'm crazy, but explain to <laughs> us why, you know, the experience of hygienist and 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 you know and with dentists right because kyle you and i talked about this like we almost felt like there was like a revolution happening with hygienists just being like i don't want to go back to uh you know to the office because i don't feel supported or i'm afraid of the covid situation so what what's happening right now hygiene that makes you say you know what this is just getting worse um you know honestly in in my office everything's cool I'm very, very happy where I am because we're, we've got enough PPE. We've got enough time. I basically can take as much time as I need to with my patients. That means that I can give them all of the OHI that they need to be successful at home. But reading in these other groups, there's one on Facebook that I, I read a lot. It's called RDH Rant, and that's exactly what it sounds like. People are leaving their jobs because they're not being offered face shields. They're not being offered um, uh, any longer appointments. They are still doing like 40-minute recalls, but there's no assisting anywhere. A couple of people have just had the other hygienists have just walked away, and so they took both of their columns, shoved them in with the same hygienist, no help whatsoever. So somehow, this hygienist is supposed to just make it work and be in two places at one time and still deliver quality cleanings and x-rays and exams and... um give themselves plenty of time to eat during the day, which that doesn't happen for a lot of people as well. And and just reading this stuff, it reminds me of all the things that I went through at my previous offices. You know, sometimes they would have a 10-minute appointment and try to shove about 45 minutes worth of treatment into it. Um, I've been asked before to do a full-mouth SRP, and there's no perio charting. I had nobody to help me. It was on paper, 
So I had to pair your chart first, and then somehow the patient was upset because they didn't get what they were promised, which was the deep cleaning that day. So in 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 that uh, office, I was the one who got in trouble when I you know I I didn't feel comfortable doing something that was obviously unethical, and by the time I got done perio charting, this patient did not need four quads of scaling. It was like three quads of limited, but they were going to charge him for four quads of full, that type of stuff. And I only lasted at that job for about eight months before I had to go. So do you think, is this a problem that has been brewing for a while now, or is this something that uh, just because of COVID and maybe the time off and time to reflect all the new requirements or considerations for, for treating patients in a COVID world, do you think that really made people think about uh, what their life choices are and what working in dentistry is like? Oh, for sure. I think a lot of people are starting to see that, obviously, there's no way for us to do hygiene from home. There's no way to do it during a Zoom meeting. So they're seeing a lot of other people who are, you know, they have a lot more flexibility in their schedule. They're able to protect themselves by being at home and be home with their children. I think that's a big part of it. And a lot of people that I've talked to who are hygienists say that they got into hygiene because of the flexibility and the ability to be there with their kids. And if uh, you feel like you're taking a virus to them every day, then yeah, it's going to make you reevaluate whether or not you want to continue doing that, especially if you're being forced into unsafe conditions by a doctor who doesn't seem to care about you and only seems to care about the money that you bring in. Oh, for sure. So do you think it would be a better option? I know some states offer the independent hygienist model where you don't need to work under a, a dentist per se. You you can set up a, a hygiene chair, say, at your home or your, your own separate business. Do you think that would be a more attractive offer for hygienists in particular, that they set their own schedule, they're really the boss of their own business, and then you know refer those patients to a dentist whenever they need treatment? I think it, it would be attractive to a lot of hygienists. I don't know if there are a ton of people who would be willing to take on the overhead and the um, liability. And, you know, the fact that in Texas, we're not even allowed to give anesthesia. Uh, don't, get me aside from... don't get me started with that. That makes <laughs> I know, no, I know. That makes no sense at all. Yeah, yeah Texas, I'm... that's the Wild West, right? You're not allowed to do that? No, not right. at all. <laughs> wow. Never. I don't think it's ever going to happen until the last old board member dies off because they don't trust us at all with anything. But yet they trust new grads that barely do anything in dental school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. it seems, sure. It seems like every dentist I've ever talked to who knew about this, they support us. Getting oh, well, they, the, they're, they're allowed to in Pennsylvania, and I... I think it's fantastic. Right. I don't have yeah. to walk in there and take time out of my schedule to, to dump somebody up in somebody else's chair. Now, I, I, I fully support hygienists being licensed to do that. Mm-hmm. And and the younger ones, I think, will. But a lot of the older ones are like, mm, I don't. It's not a good idea, you know. Yeah, yeah. But those are the same ones that are still hand scaling everything. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, well let's let's talk about let's talk about what's going on with uh, just in general COVID, right? We know that it's a it's a virus, it's a it's a it's it's very dangerous. We we understand that. Um, do you think that hygienists are now just basically saying, you know, this is my opportunity to really just leave the field of dentistry to do something different, or do you think that this has been something that, like we like Kyle said, has been going on for a very long time, and now let's just move to Hey, let's get another degree because now it's easy to get a degree now online, right? Uh, so mm. let's just go ahead and get another degree or let's just move into something different because we're all entrepreneurs now. I mean, I see that a lot. A lot of people are like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to be a real estate agent now. I'm like, okay, good luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, these are, and, and then it's funny, actually, because I talked to somebody who wants to write manuals. One, I didn't even know that was a career. Uh, I, I'll be honest because I don't read manuals. Uh, so I was trying to figure out how long that they were going to last in that. You know what I mean? I didn't think manuals still existed, but 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 you actually told me that it does, and and you educated yeah. me on that. Uh, so so <laughs> what do you think is actually going on? And do you believe that 
uh, people are are going to be excited to go into hygiene in the future. So, yeah, we, um, that's, yeah, there's a lot. Okay. So yeah. I think that people are still going to be quite excited about dental hygiene because for some strange reason, people get excited about dentistry still. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the same reason I got into dentistry is because I had braces and I watched the reflection in the orthodontist uh, glasses every single point. I thought it was just so cool what he was doing. So I have a feeling there's going to be people out there who are still enamored of it and still want to continue um, learning about uh, uh, dentistry. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to tell them when they come and talk to me about it. Like, yeah, definitely do it because we don't know what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Everything's changing. I mean, everything. So how are we going to know that they actually can become licensed dental hygienists when they weren't even able to finish boards this year? Right. You know, um, and I, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but what they're doing, I guess here in Texas, I don't know about anywhere, anywhere else. They're giving basically a license to everybody who wants to go and take their boards on a mannequin or if uh, they want to come back in a year with a live patient, they can do that, but they'll still have a license to practice within that year. Oh, so you're saying that they're going to get a license no matter what, if they practice Coming on a mannequin. Coming out of hygiene school. Coming out of hygiene school and then they are allowed to go back and take it on a real person? So what if they fail? Yeah, they have the option between the two. Oh. Why would anybody well, take it? With rules like that, no have... wonder you guys can't give injections down there if that's the standards that you're going. <laughs> but why would anybody pick the the real person when the mannequin's a lot easier and you get it that same year? That's what I said. I don't know how they could possibly offer boards on a mannequin when, I mean, any calculus that we made in hygiene school came right off. I don't know how they would do that. I'm not sure... I don't know. But to answer your other question, um, and I think it depends on the person. I think a lot of people like me, we still have a passion for dentistry. We're just, you know, I'm tired. My neck hurts. My back hurts. um, My shoulder, my shoulder blade. There's all kinds of parts of my body that hurt. And I'm sure if I was super diligent about my ergonomics, it would improve. But I already have um, mild to moderate hearing loss in my left ear and mild hearing loss in my right ear from being an assistant without ear protection for so many years and constant tinnitus, like all the time. So it depends on the person, I think. You know, I'd like to utilize what I know because I have a feeling I have a lot of information that could be very useful, but I don't know where it would be useful at. My original thoughts were, you know, maybe I could go into HR since I'm used to having um, hard discussions with people uh, without sounding accusatory. But I still don't, I don't know. It's just like going into dentistry. You don't know what it's going to be like or if you're not like it. Wow. You know, I I never actually thought about this whole hearing issue. Like, you know, we use drills and stuff all the time. And and you're absolutely correct. You know, um, maybe that's something that we might really start listening, uh, looking into, is wearing ear protection. I got, mm-hmm. I have it. I, oh. I I went to the audiologist. I bought. They took molds of my ears, and I got custom hearing protection. Uh, and I really haven't been wearing them just because. Oh, that was a horrible fan- story. Yeah, I was that? I was so proud of you for like two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, no, like I started to wear them, and they do a fantastic job. But especially now, with you got to well, we've always been careful with where our hands go with gloves and everything. But to try and listen to somebody talk with this uh, yeah. hearing protection in, you can't be drilling on somebody. Take your hearing your earplug out and sure. hear what they have to say. Especially with people that don't talk real loud. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think they're fantastic as far as hearing protection but if you get enough protection then you can't hear people talk and that especially if you're i mean if you're following what you wear put a mask on right and a respirator and a face shield now you're putting right. hearing aids in they can't see you they can't talk to you they can't do anything and you're gonna have to start typing everything out on a computer so you can communicate with people i don't, I don't know why you had to attack me kyle uh, <laughs> i mean I mean, what I wear is is actually the new PPE. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
no, it, it's it's crazy to me because when we started dentistry, and I mean, I like you said, just the same as you said, I, I love dentistry. I absolutely do. But you start to realize that your body starts to break down after a while. It really does. For sure. Um, yeah. But the question I have is, why is it that we're, our bodies are breaking down way faster than the, than the hygienist that worked for 40 years or the doctor that worked for 40 years? Like, what is the difference between what we're doing now and, and what they were doing in the past? My guess, and this is, it makes a lot of sense, although I can't exactly explain why. I had read that there were some other, um, uh, I guess it was another dentist or maybe like a physical therapist. They were saying they think it's because of loops. Really? Yeah. Well, break that, and that break surprised that down. me because it's supposed to make everything better, right? Right. So I think the um, there's you know you have to make sure that you're you've got the right angle of declination and to me if you don't you're going to be tilting your head forward even further. Right. But also you know the the chairs have changed the um, operatories have changed we no longer have carpet in the operatories maybe that had something to do with it back then but I think the loops are a little bit more um, for me they it makes sense because when I wear my loops I have to bring my head down further than if I don't wear my loops, but right. I can't see as well. And so there's that kind of fine line. And I have a feeling that's got a lot to do with it. The neck think, and the shoulder part. Do you think uh, maybe it has to do with the um, commoditization of dentistry where, you know, 20, 30 years ago, dental insurance wasn't a big thing. Dentists, the offices were setting their own fees. Dental insurance came in, cut that in half. Now we have to see twice the amount of patients, so we're really working harder and running uh -huh. that drill more. And it all comes uh -huh. back to the insurance. Yeah, company. you know what, damn it, Kyle. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. I have Every yet to have Kyle on an episode where he does not break up insurance somehow. You know? <laughs> we could literally be sitting here talking about dogs, and he'd be like, you know what, that reminds me of something. <laughs> there was this one dog, it sounds kind of like an insurance. Attacks you all the time. <laughs> Kyle has yet to not bring something about insurance. No, think think about it. If you didn't have to see half the amount of patients yeah, you did, that's true. you could yeah. work slower. You could address those concerns with the patients. The right. office would bring them in the same amount of money because they're not writing off half the amount of fees right. or 50% of the fees. And it's better for everybody except the patient's pocketbook, but they're getting the care they deserve. Yeah. yeah, so I actually worked uh, a while ago as a temp um, in an older part of town in Houston, and the doctor had um, the same, uh, the automatic processing machine instead of a sensor, you know. It took 20 minutes to develop an x-ray, mm -hmm. just one. And, of course, I had taken four or six or 18, however many. He was just sitting in his office, and I didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> while we were waiting. And I'm like, people used to do things this way, you know? Right. There were um, carpets in the operatory. There was a fan in the hygiene room just going at full speed. Wow. And he actually had um, – you remember the, the – I don't know if anybody remembers these, but, you know, the cone beams that we have – or, sorry, the, the uh, x-ray head uh -huh. with the tube. It wasn't a tube. No, it was it like was a like square. A, no, it was oh. a pyramid. Oh, you're pointed. right. Yes. Yeah. So apparently those have a lot of scatter radiation, and I didn't <laughs> know that at the time. So he had all this old stuff, and he was – totally happy running his uh, place that way and i'm sure it was no um coincidence that most of his patients were older as well he had been taking care of the same people his whole life yeah well okay let's 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 i guess bring that up then money right most dentists have gotten to the point where they'll they'll um go to a seminar or something they're telling them hey you need to make sure your hygienist does 40 minute cleans right <laughs> or 30 or whatever it may be do you think, again, like Kyle said, I mean, minus insurance, then do you think, again, that we've gotten too greedy in dentistry? And that's what's happening with the turnover on the, in the front office, hygienist, assistant, so forth. Do you think dentists have gotten too greedy? I, I think some of them, of course, you can't say it for everybody. No, no, no. But no. there are very few models that you see in private practice today where we're not doing something to add things in. You know, you have to remember to do all kinds of uh, consent forms because we're going to do an oral cancer screening. We're going to do diagnodin. We're going to do an FMX every three years, whether they need it or not. You know, 
that kind of stuff. I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of that. And I hate to say it is probably because of insurance <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it just makes it. sense. Like you've, you're trying to find a way to supplement all yeah. this, the money that you've lost right. to agreeing to take insurance. Right. Well, I, I think we can put some blame on dental school too, because that, that coming out of dental school, 400, 500,000 in debt. Yeah. You have to make up that investment somehow in, in yourself. And to do that, especially if you're buying a practice on top of that, there's more and more debt that accumulates. You have the lawyers that are getting involved with, you have to mm. check off all these little, all these little things because you don't want to end up getting sued by some lawyer that is looking for a paycheck also. Right. So I, I, I think it all, it definitely all comes down to money and patients yeah. are expecting more and more and not having they feel maybe entitled to not have to pay for dental care, medical care. Uh, so the, it all comes back to money, unfortunately. And I think that's the, you know, the root of the whole problem. You know, I, I agree. Um, and I think, like you said, Kyle, I, I really believe that that's what's cutting our career lifespans like by half, right. you know, because we're working five days. I mean, can you imagine working five days and then, not being burnt out after like five years, yeah, right. Your yeah. your body's just beaten up. You're mentally just drained, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Just to turn right back around and go do it again, mm-hmm. and again and again. You know what I mean? Um, I, I guess we're not gonna res- we're not gonna resolve this, but like, what do you think uh, the dental field needs to do to retain people for the long haul? Because, like you said, after five years, your neck hurts, your back hurts, your shoulder blades, your ears go, you're going deaf. Like we're basically destroying ourselves, right? <laughs> the next thing is you're gonna be like, I can't walk because <laughs> you know, I sit too I'll much. Answer that. I'll, I'll answer that. I brought in a uh, a massage therapist to the office. Oh, so, Ooh, and I was planning on, on doing it every three years or every three months, not three years, every three months. <laughs> uh, but then COVID happened, so we only got yeah. one group. Uh, well, not group massage, but. Um, <laughs> Shut, shut the office what down, Chris. What are you into, Kyle? <laughs> a little weird. What is, that's, how you, <laughs> that's how you retain your employees? <laughs> Group massages, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so what you're saying is you, you do this every three months. That that was the plan. However, COVID got in the way of that. But we, we I, I set aside a day, had two massage therapists come into the office, and the staff would come in two at a time, and everybody would get a massage. and. That really went over well, and I think it helps to keep staff happy, healthy. Uh, I mean, they can get more treatment on their own, but that as a business owner, to try and keep your employees happy and healthy, that makes them want to you know, stay longer. So I, I think that's that was my two cents, but I'm sorry. I, I jumped in on your question. No, no, no. I mean, this is a, this is a roundtable discussion. I, I actually like that idea, and I might I might take that from you, to be honest with you, because you know, myself personally, I get massages uh, once a month just because, mm-hmm. like you said, my, my back, you know, my shoulder blades and so forth. You know, you can feel the tension. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I just I just don't know what to do because it's sad to hear that, you know, there's a Facebook group called, uh, you know, what is it? Escape the Op or something like that. Uh, and, and I just think that it's crazy that we go into dentistry really being excited, but we leave so jaded. Mm-hmm. right to the point mm-hmm. where we're trying to find something completely opposite of what we dealt with and i i know it's, <laughs> dealing with patients yeah. is tough dealing with our co-workers are tough you know what i mean but I, there's got to be something we can do to say let's just continue that excitement for a longer time and and survive this i mean i don't know if it's just we got to cut it down to like maybe four days a week of just actual work and one day of like just you know catching up on stuff to kind of relax your mind i don't know well, you know, I, I can only speak for myself, but uh, I worked um, in private practice, uh, you know, two different private practices before I found this job in corporate. And then there were a couple of other corporate jobs that I had as an assistant, which was much different than being a hygienist, especially in a corporate environment. But, um, yeah, I mean, trying to take care of your people by not running them ragged or making them uh, clock out when they have a no-show, which is uh, illegal, but people still do it all the time anyway. 
um, calling me on the way to work and saying, your first patient didn't show up, so don't come in until whatever time it was later on. Or, um, no, you can't do instruments or sharpen or uh, write your notes or anything. You have to clock out while this patient's not here. Things like that, you know, they don't inspire a lot of confidence in the people who are in charge of your paycheck. And um, the fact that I was running myself ragged at that the first corporate job I worked, I, that was where my shoulder pain just like intensified beyond belief. I was in pain all the time. I noticed when I sat down, I could feel my left shoulder blade touching my my seat before I could feel the right one. And I realized at that point, I'm like, this is, there's something wrong with me here. But going to the chiropractor is impossible because I was um, working too much to be able to fit my, my uh, to, to be able to get in within their open hours. And um, then trying to, you know, have a doctor's appointment. I don't even feel comfortable asking for a day off within six months at my office. Not that it's their fault. It's just that I feel like dental offices kind of run a, a skeleton crew. And if one person is gone, especially provider, oh, my God, everybody just flips. And then, you know, the patients, they have to be called and canceled and they throw a fit because they're probably in the same position that I'm in, where if you have an appointment canceled, when am I going to be able to reschedule this? Probably not for another couple months. And it's an overall problem, I feel like. You know, we've, whenever I was taking my um, bachelor's classes, we went over wage, uh, the growth of wages in the U.S. Even from the 20s all the way up till the 70s, they said things were growing pretty consistently, even through the Depression. They stagnated. So we as Americans work 20% more hours to make up for that. We wear it like a badge of pride. And then all of a sudden now I can't go to work because my neck is frozen and I can't turn my head. Well, and that's you know happened. happened. You know what happened in the 70s? The uh, the internet and computers. Well, not the internet. Sorry. <laughs> computers. And, oh. <laughs> the rise of dental insurance. <laughs> you know, Kyle is going to have... <laughs> a, a documentary on Netflix or somewhere where he's just gonna be like, dun dun dun. <laughs> let's go to, let's go back in time, people, to when hell froze over, <laughs> aka dental insurance was invented. <laughs> I, I, you know, Kyle, I really do think you should have a documentary just about health, dental insurance. Yeah, it's just, it's just a nightmare sometimes with him. Anyway, well. You, you know, <laughs> And and, I actually, and the funny thing is, I I completely a hundred percent agree with Kyle that dental insurance is literally the 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 the, the worst thing that could have happened with 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 medicine and dental. Period. I really believe right. that. You know, I, I honestly think that insurances aren't there to benefit anybody. You know, if you don't have a lot mm -hmm. of need, why put your money towards something that you're not gonna like? For example. If you're a healthy person, and again, this, this this is no advice to anybody, so I'm going to say that now. Don't do this. But if you're a healthy person, why do you need to pay 500 a month when you can save that 500 and go to the doctor and pay cash? Yeah. Right? For an exam. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. again, but again, I, that, this is not medical, you know, uh, whatever well, the, you know. Well, how, how many patients do you see that they have in insurance through their employer right good insurance and they come in with a trash mouth and you say when's the last time you've seen the dentist yes. oh it's probably been seven or eight years yes you have insurance you have insurance that'll mm -hmm. actually cover mm -hmm. a lot of this and people just don't value it so but, okay so do you think it's yeah. insurance yeah. or do you think it's the people because like you said right if it's not medically related they don't really care enough to show for their dental health at all a lot of people don't right. care about their dental health unless it's something that's aesthetic you know they're right. driven by aesthetics like oh i want to keep my front teeth but your back teeth look like garbage but okay let's go ahead and whiten mm -hmm. those fronts <laughs> that's true you know yeah. so i mean like what is the discussion so i go ahead go ahead joe well, I, I kind of think I have like an insight into this because um, I grew up in a family with four kids and two parents. My mom worked full time. We had medical and dental insurance and I was not taken to the dentist until I broke a tooth when I was uh, 16. Mm. And I had never actually had. Uh, well, she said she took me when I was five, but I wouldn't open my mouth. 
And so she, she just never took me back again. She, she gave up on you for 11 <laughs> and, years. Uh, you don't try to take a kid when they're five and they've never been there before. They're scared out of their minds. Right. But um, my mom has a, a, a long sitting fear and it's, it's real. And she's got some pretty severe anxiety about the dentist. And it was because when she was growing up, she said her family dentist that she saw pretty consistently had tremors, but he was still working. So he's like, you know, sit still. And he's trying to come into her mouth like this with a needle. She said she could feel everything. She never even considered telling her parents, like, I can't go back to this guy. He hurts me every time. So she just didn't go. And my dad is an old dude from Louisiana, and he does not care at all about dentistry. He hasn't been in at least 44 years, mm. and I don't think he's going to go unless something hurts. And so I was never taken to the dentist until I broke that tooth, which just happened to be a retained baby tooth, so it didn't hurt. But whenever they, they made me get braces, that was whenever I decided to become an assistant. But I didn't know, even going into my first day as an assistant, what a hygienist was. I didn't know that that was a job whenever I was, what, 24 years old and I was getting my first cleaning ever. Wow. And I think a lot of people, it's not that they don't value it, although I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that. I think they just don't realize how important it is until somebody goes to tell them. But there's also the hurdle of, this didn't hurt until you touched it. Why does it hurt now? Oh, now I have to do all this extra stuff to keep it up when you were the one who messed it up in the first place. That kind of thing. You know what I right. mean? Right. Wow. And I, it, there, there is a lot of sticker shock when it comes to dentistry. Mm -hmm. uh, not to get back to insurance or anything, but <laughs> there is this uh, thought process with medical insurance that, you know, depending on what kind of plan you have, it's once you hit that deductible, everything's going to be covered. Right. Dental, mm -hmm. dental insurance, people think it should work the same as medical. And when they come in and you're like, no, it's, you know, this root canal or crown is only going to, it's covered at 50%. You're going to owe a couple hundred dollars. There is that sticker shock. And if you haven't been to the dentist in years and years, there's yeah. a bigger sticker shock with that to get caught up to where your mouth is healthy. So I, I do think that's working against us also is, that lack of understanding of how the dental system has been set up to, to run. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But there's, and you know, also to piggyback on that, whenever you talk to somebody about insurance, um, it's sort of like whenever you present treatment to them, mm -hmm. sometimes you can only say it so many ways before they're just like, I don't understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Even if, you know, they speak pretty good English or they're from this country it, for some people, it's just the whole environment that they just can't process things mm -hmm. right away. And in, you know, a lot of companies, especially corporate ones, they really push you to get everything done right away. And so we're ready to go. We may be moving faster than the patient can process. And that, you know, that also kind of is like they walk out of there feeling, what did I just do? And what was all that about? And I'm not even sure what I'm paying for right now. Mm -hmm. So what, going from being a dental assistant to a hygienist, what made you make that transition? Oh, I got tired of not having any money. Okay. So yeah. simple. My, the, I guess the, the thing I always saw once I got into dental school and I learned more about what the salary of a hygienist was, what the training was involved. It's a, it, it really is a good career to get into, especially coming out of high school, not requiring that four year college degree, uh, you know, mm -hmm. two year program. Yeah. Some, hy some hygienists around, the, depending on the area can make, you know, 50, 70, 80, $90,000 a year mm -hmm. or, you know, two years outside of high school. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's very attractive, but it, it that paycheck comes with a, a toll. I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I didn't know about it. Um, none of the hygienists I've talked to had ever said anything about hurting, but they were also older, which kind of goes right. back to the earlier question, like, why not the older hygienists? And um, I feel like, you know, like you said, it, we're going faster now. We're expected to do more. Lasers didn't exist for a long time in the hygiene uh, uh, skill bank, I guess you could call it. I think there's a lot of newer, you know, better things that we're using, but it's also taking a toll on our bodies. And of course, we're expected to work 
a lot more. And so I've been working full time basically since I came back to working after I had my baby, after I graduated uh, from hygiene school. And um, it's not uh, to me, it's not sustainable. I don't know if anybody else who worked a long time ago maybe has 30 years of experience and worked five days a week. But most of them, I would say they had bankers hours and they worked four, three, four days a week. Um, but they also, you, you know, you don't find that very much anymore. And if it is somebody who's working three or four days a week or maybe even two days a week, it's between it's split between two offices. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, you know, another thing that I kind of tried to avoid because I I like to be in the same place with the same patients. And maybe that's working against me because I, I just like to know my people, you know. So what would you tell hygienists that are or future uh, planning to be hygienists that are in high school or college um, and thinking about a career in hygienist or uh, being a dental hygienist? What advice would you give to them? Um, to to really pay close attention to the required um, uh, observation hours. Uh, try not to help just watch and just kind of see what pace the dental hygienist has and also try to find two completely different offices maybe one in a more wealthy part of town and one in a less wealthy part of town compare your experiences and see what the hygienists have to say about each of their offices the more you can observe about different kinds of offices the better idea you'll get about what you're ex- expected to do and how quickly you're expected to do it. Um, you still can't really know if you like hygiene until you start doing it. That's the only issue. You know, it's same for dentistry. I know right. there's right. got to be at least a couple of dentists who are training and realize, like, I don't want to do this, but how am I supposed to back out right now? And and that does happen, actually. I had a classmate of mine in dental school. Once we finished, I'm not even sure she even did a year of dentistry. And now she's a nutritionist. So, yeah, yeah, completely changed. I mean, I don't know where the um, student loans went, but, you know, she completely changed up on us. And I was like, wow, okay, but it makes you happy. It makes you happy. Who am I to tell you otherwise? Um, I just, you know, I'm listening to everything, and I don't know if it's just a new way of dentistry now because, again, we're trying to be as productive as possible, right? A, a dental office is can only be but so productive or the dental office is going to shut down. And yeah. then insurance is working again against us, you know, <laughs> to to follow Kyle because again, you what you could do, you know, um, what you could charge maybe five years ago, you can't charge the same amount, right? It's like we're all competing to go as low as possible when it comes to yeah. how much how much money we're willing to accept, right? Like you could do a, a crown for a thousand maybe five years ago. Now it's nine hundred. Now it's eight hundred, right? But the mm-hmm. the lab fee hasn't changed. It's just the mm-hmm. amount of money we're yeah. taking in has changed, you know. Uh, but yeah, Delta's, you know, and and all the other dental insurances CEOs are getting paid more and more. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. So again, I'm trying to figure out like what you know. I I, try, I personally believe that dentists are doing this to themselves. Yeah, it's almost like the 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 low hanging fruit. Like let's reach for that versus let's let's kind of do better now. And I actually thought mm-hmm. that once COVID came about we would actually you know change around and say you know what guys we got to do better you know that's why this podcast was created to do better you know but i feel like all we're doing now again is still just compete with each other to to see who can grab the low hanging fruit Mm -hmm. which then hurts our assistants because assistants aren't loyal to the office anymore hygienists Mm -hmm. aren't loyal to the office anymore you know heck our associates aren't loyal to the office so then who do we have but ourselves and then we just yeah. get mad at everybody else instead of looking within ourselves or in the mirror. And that's the problem I'm seeing, to be honest with you. Kyle, I mean, you know, Jill, you you know, what do you guys think? I uh, I, I would agree with you. Uh, it, it's definitely a race to the bottom in highly competitive areas. Um, it, it, it's also comes back to, I think, patient perception that it's very difficult. You have to have a really good uh game plan for an office to completely go out of network with all insurance companies and retain most of those patients because a lot of patients only want to go to the place that accepts their insurance that they're in network with 
so it costs them the least amount of money. So while there is a race to the bottom for dentistry to you know bring patients in, there's also a race to the bottom with patients who want to pay the least amount. They don't understand what kind of quality they're getting. Are they? They have no idea if they're getting, you know, a a crown that's primarily, you know, base metal, nickel, or or something out of China, or they're getting, you know, some one of the best lab techs in the United States making that crown. They they have no idea that difference. They don't know the the margin of a crown. They don't know what kind of incision Dr. Aka is going to do uh, or what kind of treatment he's going to do. They they're just concerned about how much is, is it, it going to look. Yeah. How much is it going to cost? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it gonna, does it look good? And is it going to hurt? Right. And that, those mm-hmm. are really the, the three yeah. things. And if you can do that at the cheapest price possible, that even then they're willing to sacrifice. Okay, well, it doesn't look the greatest, but you know, I only paid thirty dollars for it, so <laughs> I, I, I'm cool with it. <laughs> you know, it, it, I and I'm going to stop here, uh, but I want to I want to get this off my shoulder. I want to just get this off my chest real quick. Um, I'm still struggling to understand why offices still offer, you know, free x-rays, free exams. I don't get that at all. If I was a patient and and someone gave me free x-rays and free exams, I would take it, take my x-rays and go to the person that didn't offer that because then I'm thinking I'm getting the bootleg version over here for free. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why are we doing that? Like, that's the part I don't understand. Sometimes some officers would be like, oh, you get a discount on your cleaning or you get free whitening. Who do you think is doing that? The hygienist yeah. or the assistants, right? So now that that's mm-hmm. eating away at, at, at whatever your profit margin is. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah, I just what, don't understand. What else are they, uh, what do they have to do treatment-wise to be able to make up that cost? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, and that that's commoditization of dentistry. It is uh, this is a business. We're going to run it like a business instead of this is healthcare. This is what you need. You don't go to a cardiologist and him say, "Look, I'll give you, uh, you know, a, a pig valve. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you, you know, three one free valve for if you do the other three or something." It it, it doesn't work like that in, in medicine. And dentistry is going the other route. It's it's not about healthcare anymore. It's about running a business it's about flash and making people think that you're going to fix their teeth but do a great job for you know 50 percent of what the other guy down the street wants to charge and that brings to mind for me and i know sorry you said dr aki you wanted to stop but no 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 i got uh whenever i was working in umble which was um pretty close to where i live now yeah Every day I came outside and there was a coupon on my windshield for a uh, a dental office that was trying to offer me free exam, free x-rays. Everything on the flyer was misspelled. Every single (laughs) word on the flyer was misspelled. And that drove me crazy. But like those types of things, they just invite shoppers. You know, they come, they take up your time. They're very demanding and they don't ever come back. That's not the type of patient you want to bring in. But when you're a new office or when you're a corporate office and they're making you do that, what else are you supposed to say? You know, that's the problem with corporate most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's probably going to be another discussion. If you want to come back home, we can talk about that. Uh because I have a lot of opinions about just where dentistry is going and um, mm-hmm. where if I think corporate is, is 100% beneficial. I'm not saying all corporate because there are some that are really good. I'll be honest with you. And, and they must be doing something right because they're growing. you right. know. And I think dentists mm-hmm. can learn from that. Um, but I also think that we have gotten to the point where if Walmart wants to get into dentistry, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> we're doing some no seriously we're doing something wrong if uh wall street if wall street wants to basically buy into dentistry we're doing something wrong you know mm-hmm. what i mean those two should never want to deal with healthcare because it's yeah. not too profitable for them maybe or 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 you know it's not something that's become so monetized that they don't see the person right so right. it concerns me yeah. it really does when wall street you know investors and and and, and hedge funds want to basically buy dental corporations and buy into them that's a problem when walmart literally hired a dentist 
to basically be the head of dentist, which I'm still trying to figure out what that means. The head of dentist for Walmart. I'm still trying to figure out what that really means. <laughs> but he has that position, you know, and he had yeah. seven offices. I was reading about him. He has seven offices. And all of a sudden, like, he's now the head of Walmart dentistry or something. So, again, I, it concerns me where we're going. But, again, I'm going to just go ahead and rest and not be as angry as Kyle is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, Jill, thank you so much for taking your time to come and uh, tell us uh, where you're coming from, where dent- you know hygienists are coming from. Because I do believe that we need to listen. Man. I do believe that we need to try to keep the group that we have because it's so much more, it's so much more expensive and harder for, for us to change teams that just mm-hmm. keep the team, you know, and, and Kyle, I mean, that was a great idea. I'm going to really steal that from you. Get inside every three months, just, you know, treating your uh, pay, you know, your assistants and your hygienist and everything to something like that, like a massage. It's like, Oh wow. That, that really, he does care. Or she yeah, cares. That, you know what I mean? It, it, as, as owners, it, it's uh, really important. I think I learned that from the office I worked at in Hawaii, whether pretty every three months or so, it wasn't necessarily the massage, but, uh, they would, um, it was like a little family working together. So they would, uh, set up a, a dinner or an outing, or they would set up, um, you know, Hawaii is a very tourist area. So they would set up, you know, let's all go tubing at the, the one adventure park, or let's right. go zip lining, or let's do something like that. But doing stuff as a team building, uh, cause our offices really are families and, yeah owners and staff we all need to treat each other with that level of respect that level of caring and i think that helps to keep people happy at their job and wanting to come back uh so that's my two cents i agree i can't um i can't think back to another office that i was more um dedicated to that I would bend over backwards for more than the office that I'm at now, because we all work together. We all care about each other. Even during the, um, the, uh, I call it quarantine. I didn't have COVID, but you know, when we were at home, not working, (laughs) I was still getting texts, getting checked in on by a lot of the people that I work with, even the doctors and in other offices I've worked at, that would not have happened. And I decided right then and there, like, this is a good person. She actually cares about me. She's asking about my son. She's checking on me to make sure that I'm okay. And she didn't have to do that at all. Yeah. And that's simple. It doesn't cost anything either. You know, that's right. unless unless you have like T-Mobile or something, then is a <laughs> you may not, you may not get that text message at all. You know, there Wait. goes there goes another sponsor. Wait. We can scratch them off the uh, the list of possible sponsors. There goes another sponsor. Oh, good job. That was fun. All right. Well, thank you guys. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, enjoy, 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 and uh, definitely thank you again, Jill, for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys. Right. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at real dentist with an S at gmail.com. That's real dentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S, at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.